Hey, before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors at Brown Carbonic. They are a great local third generation family owned and operated business right here in central New York. And what do they offer? Well, really, it's specifically nitrogen and CO2 for your draft beer systems, but they offer such a wide variety of products and services that any food service operation needs. My favorite thing about them, Challenger Cola. Maybe it's because Shucks Root Beer is legitimately my favorite root beer that has ever existed. Uh, but Challenger Cola, I just I think it's so cool. A company offers restaurants, food services, food service businesses another option aside from Coke or Pepsi for their sodas and their beverages, and that's with Challenger Cola. You've got to call them at 315-454-3591. Again, great family-owned and operated business right here in Central New York that you should be doing business with. Brown Carbonic at 315-454-3591. Let's jump into this week's podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, my guest is Aaron from Salt City Coffee and the Salt City Bar. And I'm thrilled to finally be putting this episode out. We recorded this back months ago before summer, and uh, then we wound up taking a break here at the podcast for the summer. And, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, you know, it was kind of a, a nightmare getting back into the swing of things with computer crashes and COVID and yada, yada, yada. I'm finally going to be putting this episode out. And I re-listened to it last night, and great conversation. Aaron and Marie have done such wonderful things here in Syracuse with Salt City Coffee. And their growth over the past couple of years has been nothing short of inspiring uh, to somebody like me who just admires watching what other local business owners are doing. So I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation and at the very least, just be able to, to you know, learn a little bit more about somebody here in our community who's doing some cool stuff with their business. Um, I do want to say I'm so excited to announce we just had three more restaurants join the Eat Local card, Buffalo Deep Dish Pizza. In Buffalo, New York, we had Slice Pizza out in Utica and then Sweetie's K-Chicken in Brooklyn. Um, so that brings us up to 22 restaurants in the past couple weeks that have joined the Eat Local card. If you're a restaurant owner listening and you want to be a part of our Eat Local New York card and the other 160 restaurants that accept it, reach out to me, Anthony, eatlocalnewyork.com. It's free to join. It's a $5 discount to our cardholders when they spend $25 or more. And uh, yeah, just a great local program that we have created to help encourage customers to get out there and support local restaurants here in their communities all across New York State. Um, so yeah, reach out to us and we'd love to have you be a part of it. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. It's with Aaron from Salt City Coffee. So when did you guys officially get started with the business? Uh, officially we opened in, uh, March of 2017. Okay. Wow. Uh, I started roasting coffee back in 2012. Okay. Uh, just, uh, in my apartment bathroom for venting purposes <laughs> and then graduated to a basement. Um, it was just a hobby Yeah. at that point. I never thought about that with the vent, the ventilation to do it in the basement. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Did you have like one of the like manual, uh, roasters, you know, where you have to like turn the handle, turn the spindle as it goes? Uh, no, we had, it was essentially a, a 1980s, 1980s version of like a popcorn maker Okay. Uh, that Melita, uh, this coffee brand, uh, made at one point. Uh. Um, it was a, not a well-made product. Yeah. I found it in a thrift shop in Hilton Head, South Carolina. My wife and I were between jobs and moving, moving different states. Mm. Uh, so we had a friend down there, put us up for a month and lived, mm. you know, South Carolina life for a month. <laughs> um, so we got thrifty shopping. Yeah, um, found that little 1980s popcorn maker. That's cool. Um, and that's how it all got got yeah. started. Were you into coffee before you <clears> found <throat> it, or was it just kind of like you found it and then decided to get into coffee? I was, I was, I was maybe more of a, a coffee nerd than most. My dad, uh, I grew up to a coffee grinder at 6:30 every morning. My dad grinding <laughs> and doing his pour over. Mm. Um, and back in the 90s, I don't think pour overs was a, a household term. Yeah, right. Um, it may not even be now, but it, it was certainly uh, a, a joy and a passion he had of just making fresh coffee one cup at a time every morning. Hmm. Um, I went off to college, bought myself a Mr. Coffee because uh, there's nothing being sold in stores, and I mm. needed caffeine at that point. <laughs> um, 
but I could not understand how those coffee makers worked. <laughs> all I saw was pour overs all my life. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and I, I always get really romantic about pour overs. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get really into coffee and do a pour over, and then it, you know, it's like every morning it just takes so much time, and it's uh, I quickly stop doing it, <laughs> go back to our Keurig. Um, that's pretty interesting. There's a lot of you and uh, and Sam uh, from Peaks. He got kind of you know really started getting a coffee like kind of with the popcorn maker at home as well. That's really interesting. I was looking into it a little bit of you know like to a few years ago of you know, like a uh, roasting at home sort of a thing. I forget the name of that website that sells, you can buy like small quantity of green beans for, you know, at home roasters um, and different accessories and equipment. But there's that one where you like light the flame and then you kind of put it in like the tumbler and you sit there and, mm. you know, hand, you know, tumble the beans. And uh, I thought about getting one of those, but I'm um, glad I didn't because it would just be sitting in my basement right now, not being used. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, so wh- when did you start to think of coffee as like more than a like really start to get into it more than a hobby? Yeah. So <clears throat> it was probably around 2014. Uh, we had a few friends that enjoyed my coffee, so I was like giving away a lot of coffee. I think. Um, I got started with sweetmarias.com. Yeah, that's a small batch green uh, coffee buying place for home roasters, essentially. Um, And got to the point where uh, I tapped my Mm father-in-law and asked, hey, can you help me build a roaster? Mm. Um, Because this little little guy, I had graduated to like a uh, B-more, which is like a microwave-sized drum roaster. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I was like, I just want to duplicate this, but bigger. Um, hmm. So with his uh, engineering uh, intuitiveness, we took a convection, hmm. electric convection oven that you would find, hmm. you know, in, in a home and we attached a drum to it uh, so I could keep up with some friends and family That's stuff. Cool. Um, and so it was at that point when I was like, I'm investing like <laughs> a lot of time and some money just to keep my friends happy. I wonder, <laughs> you know, is there something here? Um, at that point, I was working for Hillside's uh, Children's Center, okay. uh, actually right right near the studio here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was going to you know three or four different counties a week, just driving all over, hmm. um, meeting with kids. Loved the job, um, but I started. My wife and I started to imagine what would like working and living in Syracuse. Uh, so we had bought a home on the north side here in Syracuse, off of James Street, and. Uh, just thought like I wonder if there's a I wonder if there's a way and so mm. we started walking the the city you know on the weekends and just wondering like oh I wonder if a cafe could go in here I wonder if a cafe could go in there mm. um, and we intentionally wanted to be outside of the downtown Armory Square we wanted to be more of a neighborhood mm. vibe um, so we almost uh, got a place right across from St Joe's the old Donzie's Meat yeah um, Housing Visions has since uh, purchased it and did a great job. Uh, rehabbing it. It was just the timing didn't line up. Mm-hmm. When we were there, we could kind of um, maybe sneak in the back, maybe not, <laughs> and take a look at like what this building was. Um, so that was my first business plan was someplace, uh, you know, a place on the north side. Hmm. Um, when that didn't work out, I was like, well, now I have a business plan uh, <laughs> and I have, you know, a bank that might lend me some money. Like, hmm. should we really like do this? Yeah. Um, and so it was, uh, I believe, the tail end of 2015. Hmm. Uh, that we found the spot at 509 West Onondaga Street, which is our first location. Um, took us over over a year and a half to kind of get through all the uh, the red tape and the zoning hmm. and making sure that uh, it was the old McMahon Ryan Advocacy Center before oh, they moved oh, okay. uh, to Genesee Street. Yeah, um, and so uh, just getting that zoned over to you know getting hmm. a, a variance for a restaurant. Uh, took a little bit of time, had to do a few infrastructure, uh, you know, fire alarm system, that sort of thing. So hmm. all brand new and terrifying to somebody who's never ran a business before <laughs> um, and trying to just walk through that process. Uh, fortunately, um, I, had a, I had a tenant in my house uh, who would constantly smell uh, coffee roasting smoke hmm. uh, coming out of my basement. <laughs> and uh, he came down one time thinking there's a fire and it's just me roasting coffee <laughs> Uh, so we got to talking. He's like, you need to meet someone. And he connected me to Dominic Robertson, Robinson, 
Um, and at that point, he was doing a pilot program on the north side hmm. uh, for uh, budding entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, so I got into it's. I think it's called uh, uh, First Start. Uh, it's okay. now under Center State CEO sort of umbrella. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you think of the Salt City Market vendors, they all went through the same okay. process that I went through. I was just on the you know kind of like they were experimenting mm. uh, back then. Uh, so I was able to get some. Uh, some business advice and uh, go through their training program, which was invaluable. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they, there's something like that in Syracuse was, was huge. Yeah. That's um, really cool. Did you have any, were there in like, who did you have to look up to and, and like that, like to figure out like what to do, you know, like where did you go like to learn, you know, we're like, I mean, I was just talking to Paul on the pod, like who was here earlier to do a podcast and he got started in an ice cream business before you know, YouTube was big and you could find a million videos on how to create a business or an ice cream business. Um, so where did you like go for the inspiration or education and that kind of stuff? Was it just books and YouTube and all that? Yeah. So from the business end of things, um, I went real old school, that training track, you know, uh, I did a day at OCC, hmm. um, and they're just like, go to your local library and pull up the numbers. So I would hmm. literally go to the library on weekends pull out these books and these stats of like what a net annual profit for, you know, publicly traded company like Starbucks and, mm. um, and cool. then sort of like walk backwards from there. Mm. So it felt, you know, especially in today's day when, uh, I could just ask chat GPT on <laughs> what the net annual profit is and, and develop a business plan for me. Yeah. Um, it feels very antiquated, but, um, huh. it was a huge learning process from the business end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've always been a big reader. I'd always be uh, reading books. Mm. Um, and then uh, obviously the training program helped a lot. But yeah. a lot of it was just good old-fashioned, put together a plan, mm. run numbers. Mm. Um, if you don't like running numbers, that's usually the hardest part. Um, I like to see what numbers can do for me. So mm. that was always intriguing for me. Mm. Um, I hated writing the narratives mm. um, and the avatar customer because <laughs> everybody drinks coffee. <laughs> so. Um, Who's just going to come by my spot? I know. I hate that stuff when it's like, who is your customer? Well, it's somebody who drinks coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as inspiration goes, um, my wife and I probably ever since 2014, every time we travel, uh, we go to all the uh, the coffee roasting coffee shops. Yeah. So if you're not roasting your own coffee, um, we wouldn't. Uh, spend too much time there. Mm. So we did Philly trips, New York City trips. We went out to California. Um, mm. was introduced to Intelligentsia Coffee. Um, they had a uh, they had a drink on there that inspired the Cuslandia mm. um, and that sort of thing. So uh, mm. we just when we travel, we just make sure we're going to go to coffee shops. Yeah, um, and and get the vibe. Mm. Um, and there's actually a place in Philly. It's a pizza shop. A place in Philly that inspired our pay it forward board as well. Oh, cool. Um, where yeah. somebody would buy forward a slice of pizza. Um, and I just thought it was such an interesting concept um, to where people can buy buy a seat at my cafe and if mm. they didn't have their wallet or uh, couldn't afford our coffee, um, that if somebody else could and want to pay for it, you know, that's, yeah. that's a great win. You know? Yeah. That's a place where it's like post-it notes that are all over the wall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We did that at, um, I shouldn't say we, but Years ago, I worked for, did the social media for Franco's Pizza, and they, we started something similar there. And uh, yeah, that stuff's cool. It's always, it's, it's hard to find that stuff that feels authentic, you know, uh, when you do those kind of things. Um, you guys, you know, do a good job with it. Is, it. is that all the cafes, or is that just the original? It's just the original yeah. at this point, and we had to pull it during COVID. Yeah. Um, so we're working on bringing it back and, and cool. trying to rehashing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for right now, it's just at, just at our original location. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, all right, so you're kind of getting a coffee, you're getting into the numbers, and when does the, like, when does it, when does the realization that you're, you're going to open up the first cafe and all that kind of stuff, what does that lo- look like during that time? Or is, are you guys asking yourselves if you're out of it? And or, <laughs> or yeah. Is it, you know, yeah. Or are you thinking, like, man, we're going to be millionaires? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, we actually had a... Um, so it was November, is is earlier mid-fall, and we realized we were pregnant with our third kid, and mm. we were planning on opening the cafe in January. <laughs> um, and 
due to some you know, red tape, we didn't get January, and we didn't open until March. March 27th is, is our mm. birthday. That's when we opened at 509. Mm. Um, the realization set in uh, about a week into it where mm. uh, I was there 10, 12 hours a day, mm. and we have two kids at home and a third on the way, <laughs> and I feel my body you know, just standing all day. Mm. Uh, I, I, at that point, I was roasting the coffee in the morning, my first barista would show up at seven o'clock to open the cafe or six thirty to open the cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would then help uh, the team uh, mm. do the barista shift. Yeah, uh, I would then continue roasting for whatever I needed the rest of the day, mm. uh, and then I would count the drawer, close up shop, go home. Mm. <laughs> you know, spend a couple <laughs> hours with the family, get up at five o'clock, do it all over again. Yeah, uh, so it didn't take long to realize. Um, I'm either going to just not be home with my family mm-hmm. uh, or I'm going to burn out pretty quick. So um, uh, that realization set in and said, I need to hire a manager mm. and I need to be okay not being here. Mm. Um, and so May, May 22nd, our, our, our third child, our daughter was born mm. uh, and I had a manager on and I could take a few days off to be in the hospital. And I thought that was like <laughs> the biggest win. Um, and like my business savviness like kicked in. Um, uh, but truth be told, that was like our toughest year. Yeah. Uh, we had some, you know, mental health issues. We got three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was a, it was a very tough year in a, in a business that people, rightly so, customers expect a great experience and an owner that can only be there mm. uh, only so often to, keep dialing things in and it was just a big struggle. Yeah. Um, so I, I always call the first year was like, that was our year of survival. If we can make mm-hmm. it through this year, like we can make it. Mm. Um, and we did. Um, yeah. And it is during that time also, uh, is where we, we connected with, uh, some folks from the Allen foundation. So the market's been open for two years and what year did you guys get started at 509? 2017. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. So, so it was around 2018 yeah. uh, where we sat down with some folks and they asked if we'd be interested in putting a coffee shop um, into this concept that is now the Salt City Market. Yeah. Um, and the person asked me, he's like, are you, are you like a real business person uh, or are you, is this just like a mom and pop uh, sort of like a passion project, a labor of love? Hmm. Um, because I think most people, if you've lived in Syracuse, uh, you know you don't open up at 509 West Onondaga Street, <laughs> if, you're, if you're thinking bottom line only. Um, and so that was a very real question for me. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, what, you know, what do I want out of this? Obviously, I quit my job and mm. you know, put some time and energy in this passion of coffee roasting. Um, do I m- want to move on from coffee roasting or do I want to like, be a business owner or do, mm. uh, do I just want to like, do what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, so I you know, brought that back uh, to Maria Hmm. Uh, and we, we chatted about it and we're like, let's give it a shot. Let's, hmm. let's try this being business owners kind yeah. of deal. Uh, did you, and you thought about yourself as like a business owner, like in, in that light prior to that question? Like, did you, th- did you think this is a business and I'm a business owner or were you, were you kind of thinking up to that point? Like, you know, yeah, I'm doing this full time and I quit my job, but it's kind of just more fun than anything else. Yeah. I look. Looking back on it, um, I look at it as like this was like the next part of the adventure of my life, mm. uh, that this this could be a really fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it, there was a lot of uh, panic mm. attacks trying to get open yeah. um, with uh, folks saying, no, you can't do this. You can't put up you know, your, your deck like this. Like There's just mm. so much uh, uh, stress involved with getting it open. Yeah. Um, it really sort of tempered my, oh, mm. this is like just a fun adventure. <laughs> uh, but once we got rolling, uh, once we dialed in some of our recipes, mm. uh, we uh, feel like time has told us that we built something really special over there on the west side. Mm. Um, and we're, uh, it's probably our most uh, loyal fan base is, is those early adopters that That's said, cool. hey, Salt City's pretty cool. You know, being mm. over in the, the west side, something different. Um, and it's like sort of a hidden gem, right? You're, you're kind of, uh, driving over to OCC or wherever you're going, taking that, that, uh, that stretch yeah. and you don't automatically think, Hey, craft coffee that's roasted in house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when you walk in you have all the smells and the experience, it's like, Oh, cool. This is, this is cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. so that's been exciting to, to hear that feedback and see that, um, over time. Yeah. But, hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, so like, I think I'm a business owner and I am a business owner, but I think I'm a business owner. And then I get presented with something where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not really doing anything yet. <laughs> you know? um, so that's really interesting. Like to hear you, to hear you say that he asked you that question. I'm like, I've been in those shoes before, you know, uh, where it's like, oh, I'm doing something really cool and interesting and I own my own business. And then you, it's like, oh, I really haven't done anything yet. Have I? Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. So you've got that. And then the next step for you all is uh, the Salt City Market. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So we started having those conversations early on, uh, just, you know, kicking around ideas. Uh, you know, true to Maria and Aaron, we, we went out and visited like open air markets and food halls and stuff like that to try to get a gist of like, um, what could we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and somewhere in there, uh, the market came back and asked, Hey, you're doing coffee. Uh, would you be willing to like offer like beer and wine? Mm. And we're like, Oh, I, I like to drink beer. You know, <laughs> I always wanted that t-shirt that says coffee in the morning, beer in the evenings. <laughs> uh, and I was a pretty, I was pretty pessimistic when they came back and said, Hey, how about like, would you carry full liquor? Mm. It's like, I don't know that game. Yeah. You know, I don't know We're you know, we're in a really uh, interesting part of town. What, could a bar work over here? Mm. That sort of thing. Um, fortunately for my sake, Maria uh, came across with a big win and said, Hey, we, we started this adventure. Let, <laughs> let's just see where it takes us. Um, and so we're like, yeah, we can, we can figure out the cocktails and the liquor piece. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's where the concept of coffee, uh, by day mm-hmm. and then a cocktail bar by night was, was mm-hmm. formed. Uh, it was just these sort of open conversations of like, how do we want this space uh, to be the market asking, Hey, is your willingness here? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just able to have great conversations of, um, what do we want this space to be and feel like? Yeah. Um, and so eventually as, as you can tell, um, we, create a pretty, pretty interesting spot there in downtown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, uh, it's definitely the more, it's the most modern coffee shop. Like if you just look at it as a coffee shop, it's the most modern coffee shop that exists in Syracuse. Uh, it doesn't have a feel of like, Oh, it's a local coffee roaster, you know, or a local coffee company. It definitely has a feel of like a big business, you know, which is great. We need more of that around here. You know, as, as great as I love, the local landscape and local business owners, we still, it all still feels local, you know, and there's something to be said about going into a business that's locally owned and operated here in Syracuse or wherever it is and having it feel like something that's national. You know, I think in my opinion, in my head, that's the kind of the goal. You know, I'd love to see more and more restaurants that you walk into around here that feels like you're in a national place. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I feel when I go into the Salt City Market and Salt City Coffee in the bar there. So, Yeah, our, our, one of our struggles there is is helping people separate that Salt City Coffee, Salt City Bar. Mm-hmm. is a separate entity from Salt City Market. Yeah. We do have a lot of Salt Cities going on. Um, <laughs> we, we love we love the name Salt City Market. Yeah. Uh, it's just when customers walk in, they're like, oh, oh, the Salt City Bar, that's what the, the market. And we're like, we're locally independent operators. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. it's it's fun to be able to explain it yeah. to folks as well. Um, our, uh, all right, so... You're going so you open up in the market, and then it just seems like from there you all have expanded and spread like wildfire across Syracuse. Yeah. So when we entered into COVID, and other entrepreneurs, business owners out there will know uh, how tricky and, and scary that was. And do we shut down? Do we stay open? How do we pivot? Uh, we only had five oh nine, and when you're thinking about like all the all the money available to businesses to stay open, you know, 509 was a very uh, small revenue generating spot compared to like, you know, full-fledged restaurants or multiple locations. Mm. Um, So we really entered into COVID um, on one hand, very disadvantaged. Like we weren't going to get a lot of money, Mm. Um, even though we were trying to grow staff because we knew what was, you know, the market was coming up Mm. Um, uh, due to all the construction uh, snafus, uh, project kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed hmm. uh, through COVID. So there's a lot of things like working against us uh, in that, along with like everybody else, yeah. you know. And so at one point, you know, I was just telling Maria, I was like, I don't know, maybe we should just like call it, <laughs> just like wait it out. Um, and sh- she made the argument of, you know, if we can just like pivot and push through, you know, I think 
I think we're going to be okay. Mm. And so during those conversations, during those internal struggles of like, like, what am I, I'm spinning my wheels for, uh, hardly any money. Mm. Um, and we're working like three times as hard. Mm. Uh, like, should we, should we carry on? Um, is at that point, and along with the market delays, uh, where the university location uh, became a prospect. Yeah. Um, so the previous uh, cafe had uh, exited, mm-hmm. and the place was vacant for for a, a little while. Um, so we started talking. With, uh, they reached out to us and asked, like, "Are you interested?" And we're like, "No, we got the market thing coming online." Hmm. Um, plus all the internal struggles of like, "Do I even <laughs> want to be doing this?" And uh, and came back again, and eventually, uh, you know, the market got delayed again. We're like, well, we don't know. You know, the market is a huge project, by the way. You yeah. know, it's 20,000 square foot, multiple <laughs> stories. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Um, and amid all the shutdowns and, and worker shortages, like there was just no, like there wasn't a clear, um, like, is this going to get finished? Mm. Um so working from that, like it's yeah. it's so funny looking back and being like all that uncertainty was all true and real. And <laughs> hey, look, everything worked out, you know. But at the time, we're like, is this project gonna like finish in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah, we've already started beefing up our staffing to be hmm. prepared. Um, and so we we then said yes, let's let's go into university and and give that a shot. Uh, hmm. So market opened in January, January 29th, 2021. And I think March 4th, 2021, we opened <laughs> university. Um, and so That's going, <laughs> how the hell did you guys pull that off? Yeah. Man, going God. from a staff of five yeah. for, for four years and yeah. being very much owner involved and everybody knows me cause I'm coming in every day yeah. to three locations, <laughs> uh, in the matter of two months, wow. uh, was, I would not recommend it. <laughs> That's not the way it's supposed to go. That's wild. <clears throat> yeah. And so so you've got the three, and then uh, you've got the fourth now in Fayetteville, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, also a funny story. Uh, in all this growth, um, my admin work has become very tough to do, so I don't check my emails as often and all these different things. Um, so Shem and Taylor, who great people mm-hmm. over at Soleil, um, he must have emailed me a few times. Mm. I, th- I think I only got one. Uh, he was just like interested. He's being selective on like who he's talking to about um, his his family and plans. Have been moving them in different directions. He's just checking to see if anybody'd be interested in in taking it over. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Marie and I were having coffee one Saturday, and, and just flippantly, I was like, "Oh, by the way." You know, uh, Soleil's interested in, in, in possibly selling. She's like, oh, how do you know that? I was like, because well, he emailed me. And she's like, well, haven't you gotten back to him? <laughs> and so that next week, she, uh, she's like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just check. I'll mm-hmm. just inquire and see what's going on. And, um, and that led to us having more conversations and running some numbers and doing all that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, it ended up working out well for them um, hmm. and, and working out well for us. So Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, what's your approach to that as a business owner? Is it, it sounds like you're you're really analytical about decisions that you make. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, yeah. Maria's the the feelings and emotions, and I am the the uh, non emotion mm-hmm. and analytical um, kind of person. And so, I think we make a really good team in that. Yeah. So, uh, we're both dreamers. So we both can like get carried away with like all the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it comes time to like say, Hey, if we borrow this amount of money, are we going to be okay? Yeah. You know, are we going to make it back? <laughs> are we going to be able to pay everybody and pay everything? Yeah. Um, and so now we're, you know, we're in the space of talking about like, what's, what's next, what's on the horizon. And, um, we have a much better balance of how to, how to talk about these projects yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, knowing ourselves, knowing our team, what kind of energy does our, our team have, mm-hmm. and understanding the, the, the burden and excitement that we get to offer to yeah. um, our, our team members too also comes into strong consideration. Was there ever a moment when you opened 509 or before that that you were thinking, maybe I should just like 
get labels and sell a ton of bags of coffee out of the basement and save up a ton of money before we do it? Or was it just kind of like, listen, we just need to kind of take the leap and go for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there there and, were moments where I thought I'm making a huge mistake. I uh, let me. I, I asked this question for this reason because I as like a business. We've never taken a big swing here, and um, and so I always look up to business and restaurant owners who, you know, I'm like, you know, the business and restaurant owners are you know going out and getting a loan and renting a space and signing a five, ten, whatever year lease and hiring staff. Like those are risks that we don't have to take here. And I could not, I like, I, I can't fathom putting myself in that position, you know? So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and sell a hundred thousand bags of coffee out of my basement and then <laughs> move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. There were times where I thought I was, I was making a big mistake. The, the, the concept and the model in general, mm-hmm. you know, lots of coffee shops everywhere. Mm-hmm. It can't be that bad of a model. And everyone says location, location. I know that was a, uh, not an A location if you're looking at A, B, C, D yeah. in terms of real estate. So it's not an A location, hmm. um, but uh, there, was, there was a few moments uh, and if a lot of people telling me, you don't need to open a shop. Hmm. We already got X, you know, X, Y, and Z coffee shops in the area. Yeah. You know, what are you actually bringing to the table? And that, to me, that feedback was the most devastating of like, hmm. Um, like, so what am I doing here? And then also, um, helping me rise to the challenge of like, mm. you know, nothing bad about anybody else, but I, I can do coffee too. Yeah. And <laughs> I can do it in a way that I think, um, uh, customers can get excited about yeah. whether or not we were going to make it. We had, I had in my head like a three year timeline. Mm. If I couldn't provide for my family, within those three years, super grateful to my wife to let me even like take a risk like this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, cause looking back, I'm like, what kind of father <laughs> quits his job to like start a business at like in their mid thirties. Yeah. Um, plenty of people do it. I know. Uh, but it's just, there's an additional weight yeah. to that. And so I gave myself a three year timeline and mm-hmm. like, I am either gonna move on from this and I just have to like make up for lost time, mm-hmm. uh, or we can make, this thing successful. Hmm. Um, and it got hairy. <laughs> it got hairy. It was, uh, you know, I think four years is when the market opened. Hmm. Um, and, and so like I was getting close to that three year timeline and, hmm. and realizing like, how does anybody make money in coffee? You know? <laughs> um, and then realizing like, uh, understanding at the get go, it's a volume based business. Mm-hmm. So you sell one, you know, $5 latte an hour, you're clearly not going <laughs> to last too long, but if you can get, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, you know, however many transactions an hour, the, the numbers shake out. Yeah. Um, it's doable. Yeah. Uh, but it, that, hmm. it, that's real. Yeah. That, those feelings are real. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going through that right now. I mean, I was looking back at, uh, you know, just a couple months ago, I was like on the verge of, okay, so I'm going to do this on what Saturdays, you know, and I'm going to go get a job, you know, doing this for someone else where I could, have benefits and have a guaranteed paycheck. Maybe I'm going to do that. And, you know, so, you know, right now it's, um, uh, yeah, right now we're, we're just, we're just almost to the point of where it's like, okay, we can kind of take a breath and sigh a little bit, you know, and it's really interesting for us because my growth, our growth is coming outside of Syracuse, you know, like as, as much of a reputation in as many places we work with in Syracuse, you'd think it'd be an easy pull to be like, Hey, we can, you know, help you out. But, uh, it's the, it's the restaurants and business and businesses outside of Syracuse in Rochester, Poughkeepsie, New York city. They're like, you're amazing. Come <clears throat> here. Here's our money, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really wild to, to, you know, uh, experience that. But, uh, yeah, so we're just kind of getting to that point, you know? Um, if I may ask a question, what do you, what do you think broke that barrier for you to, to get into other markets? Um, time. So last year I had, well, yeah, just dedicating time. So we started out as central New York because that's where we're out of. And then my brother who lives down in Rockland County, him and his wife are pastors and congers at a church, a CMA church down there. And, um, and so he was, 
I was always talking to him about like eat local New York and we have this car or eat local CNY. We have this card. And, and he was like, and he said, I know a bunch of restaurant owners down here. We should do the card here. So we started eat local Rockland and a, we had like maybe 10 restaurants down there. We sold like a handful of cards, nothing crazy. Um, and, uh, but we weren't putting out a lot of content down there either. So we had, I had an event here in Syracuse. I think it was the buy local bash and a woman came up and to the table and she bought an eat local CNY card. And as she was walking away, she was like, I wish you had this down where I live. And I was like, where do you live? She said, I live in Rockland County. I was like, we have a local Rockland card. And so I was like, here, take this card. You can have it. And she's holding both. She's like, I wish you had one card. <laughs> and so I was like, we should make it eat local New York and just start reaching out to restaurants all across the state to try mm-hmm. and join. So that's when we shifted the name and everything. So that was when we went to New York, but I was still just posting and working, contacting restaurants here for the most part. We had a couple. We, st- we have a couple in like Buffalo we're getting more in Rochester. We have a couple in, you know, Rockland County area. Um, but this, I think it was last year at some point, um, it wasn't like, I mean, you're a church guy, so you, you get this. Um, we went to my, we went to a, a luncheon with this visiting minister from South Africa who just so happened to be some like billionaire business guy who invented some stupid thing for like farming in the Netherlands. I, I, I still don't remember the story, but he's very wealthy and he's yeah. a minister. So there is nothing directly that he like said in that like meeting that was like, Anthony, you're going to go to Rochester and make a lot of money, you know? But um, when I left that meeting, I got in my car and I was just like, I need to go to Rochester and I need to get there like tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> and so I just decided all right, I'm going to start going out to Rochester one day a week. I'm just going to go around, find restaurants, just go, you know, do what we do, go get lunch and take photos and go from there. And I really only went a handful of times out there before, you know, things just got kind of like that was that was so that was late last summer. And then, you know, our son was born in November. Um, so I stopped going for a little bit, but, um, the first day I had it planned, it was a Tuesday. I was like, I'm going to Rochester. And this sounds, this is like so small to think it's like such a big story. But mm-hmm. It's really just, but I got in my car the morning I was going to go to Rochester and I felt um, like just really scared. I was like, ah, nobody knows me in Rochester. Like I, I'll just, I'll go to Utica. There's some people that know me in Utica. I'll go to Utica. You know, it'll be different content. And I was like sitting in my car having this like internal, like it felt like a spiritual moment, even though it, Really, it wasn't like, you know, uh, it, didn't, it felt like a spiritual moment, but it wasn't necessarily a spiritual moment. Uh, so anyways, I was sitting there. I'm like, research, I'm like looking, all right, where am I going to go in Utica? And then I was just like, you just go to Rochester. So I just started going to Rochester once a week. And um, and we went just this past week out there to, and did a couple of shoots with some different restaurants. And the the places we went to, they were just like, wow, I can't believe you're here. This is so wonderful. Like the hospitality and like open arms that we felt from the couple places we went to in Rochester was unlike anything we've ever gotten in here in Syracuse. Um, And yeah, so I don't, and I don't know why that is. Uh, Maybe it's because they see Eat Local New York and they see we have a big following and they're like, great. But um, even in Poughkeepsie, we had a restaurant reach out and they were like, hey, will you come down? We'll leave a gift card at the bar, and and um, and you can come down and make a video for us. And, we, you know, our response was, well, we actually, we charge for videos, and, you know, here's our, you know, structure. And they were like, great, when can you get down here? And wow. 99% of the restaurants, a, 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 a competitor of yours asked us to come to make a video, and we told them the price, and they laughed at us. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And so it's just like, it's a, just a very different world. I think Syracuse is really far behind the times a lot with our food here in our food scene compared to the rest of the state mm. and the country. And um, and things that are even starting to pop off here in terms of like content that works were popping off in New York City five years ago, you know, mm-hmm. or two years ago. So um, I don't know why that is, but it is, you know what I mean? 
And, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just like getting out of Syracuse. We've just started to get, be welcomed by a lot of restaurants and, you know, they're like, we love what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, here's our money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's been great. There's still a lot of work for all of us to do in, in helping Syracuse get out of, I call it like a small town mindset. It's like yeah. a, you know, s- small to moderate city, yeah. but Reminds me, I grew up in the Adirondacks okay. of, uh, you know, there was like one gas station and when another gas station wanted to go in, everybody like, why? We already got one. Right. <laughs> and it just feels like this small town mindset rather than like, yeah. a, like a growth mindset of like, what could we become if yeah. we embraced some new ideas and, and, you know, super encouraging about, you know, uh, 81 coming down and, yeah. and the potential, right. I see the potential yeah. of, of the things that could change, um, but you look at the history of just how much money has been sunk into, you know, and I'm not, we're not picking on Syracuse. This is yeah. kind of fairly true in, in a lot of different cities too. Yeah. Um, but you get to see comparisons of like places that have seen a lot of money come in and, and mm-hmm. how that actually does revitalize and a lot of money comes in and it's like it went into a sieve. Right. And we're like, where did it go? Yeah. You know, um, but also this is, you know, food and restaurants and, and yeah. beverages specifically, um, be, being able to have the courage to be ahead of your time a little bit. Yeah, um, for sure. I know that's one of our, uh, not our, maybe not our biggest critique, but I hear often mm-hmm. um, uh, that we may not have enough sweet forward drinks that we're, we're trying mm-hmm. to lead with the coffee being the main flavor yeah. and, and not, uh, we mm-hmm. call it muddying it up with a lot of sweetener and this and that we want balanced drinks. And sometimes, you know, like our, our cereal milk is very sweet yeah. forward. We always try to have a sweet forward latte. Um, but also like with our espresso tonics, um, that's, that hasn't gained traction here, yeah. even though every other larger city I go to, including Rochester, like there are tonics everywhere. Yeah. Um, because it, it's a very balanced drink, you know? Um, and so we feel, uh, mm. the pinch on that, um, obviously, as a business, you want to sell what people will buy, so you stay in business. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we also want to be uh, authentic to the product that uh, we we tout. Mm-hmm. And since we roast that coffee, we see we see everywhere from where it's grown to all the hands that process it, uh, which is very intensive. To getting on a boat, to coming yeah. here, sitting in a warehouse, mm-hmm. us trying to pick it up as soon as possible, roast it fresh, get it into your into your mouths and bellies as soon as possible. Like the amount of work involved, we want you to actually enjoy and appreciate the coffee itself. Yeah. Um, Hmm. And so finding that balance is the pinch of being courageous enough to like try to set a new trend now and again. Yeah. um, But also having tried and true things that people will uh, come out for regardless of where they are in their journey for adventurous food and beverage. Where do you think the world stands, or I guess Syracuse, like, you know, we're talking about the trends and, John Page and I talked a while ago on a podcast of like because when I, if I'm going to look for a special to release at Three One Fried, I'll and I'm blanking on something. I'll go Google like go on Instagram and type in fried chicken sandwiches in Los Angeles or New York City or Nashville or like bigger cities to see kind of what's happening. And so I could I could identify what the trend is that's hitting Los Angeles or New York City today in food, but. And then maybe jump ahead of of the game and open that concept or start that concept in Syracuse today. Um, but would it work, or do I have to naturally wait the five or six years for it to get to Syracuse before it's really Korean corn dogs, for example? As stupid as a, of a thing as that is, and Nicole and I talk about it and are obsessed with them from an Instagram or perspective. But if a Korean corn dog thing started in Syracuse today, would it be successful or are people going to be like, what the hell is that? You know? And uh, so we talk about that um, a lot. And I just think about that with like coffee. Cause mm-hmm. like if, like in Austin, like when I lived in Austin, there's coffee shops in Austin that are, were like super trendy. And if you go in there and try and order a vanilla latte, you get like laughed out of the building. It's like, we don't do that here. You know, um, we make coffee and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just I think about that with like co- with the coffee shops in our area, you know how how true to the craft do they need to be? Like we roast the beans and here are the beans and you're gonna enjoy the beans, or is it um, or should they try to be chasing the trend of here's this 
cup of coffee with a rainbow coming out of it, you know? Yeah. I can recap my three dozen hours a year. We talk about this with the the team on that tension. (laughs) That's pretty funny. So you guys have those conversations. We have these conversations constantly. So, uh, for example, uh, we just, we have a vanilla draft latte on at university campus Uh and, uh, not for nothing, back in 2012 or 2014 when I wanted to start, you know, think about a cafe. Mm-hmm. I was like, cold on tap. I saw it once in New York City. That seems like a win for everybody, a win for the, for me, mm-hmm. the one who's going to be pouring it. You know, it's a pretty one-touch thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a win for the customers. They get their drink faster, and it's just cool. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was cool, Yeah. you know. And so, obviously, by the time I opened um, Recess and others already mm-hmm. jumped on that tap, tap model because it was, you know, started off as a fad. You yeah. know, you, you're always wondering what's going to be a fad and what's going to be a, a, a permanent fixture. Yeah. And then mm. if you can get on the in-between on whatever the trend is and the trend's going to last a little bit longer, um, I thought way back in 2012, a tap system for coffee is going to be a permanent fixture. And mm. I'm just here to say I was right. <laughs> I was not the first, but I was right. Uh, so we're experimenting with draft lattes. Uh, we saw it at La Colum. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Peaks has a really good draft latte here just down the street from us in university. Uh, and, and so we've been seeing a lot of cold brew bars pop up around the country. Hmm. Uh, and I just heard a stat. You can fact check me later. But um, every quarter last year, uh, Starbucks sold 60% of their product was cold-based beverages. That's wild. And so that cold brew, uh, ready-to-drink coffee market is growing. Huh. And so... A year and a half ago, when when we pitched this to the team, we started to get laughed out. Yeah, you know, as the owners, it didn't feel great to get laughed out. But we also we value the the back and forths with the team because mm-hmm. we ultimately know if the team doesn't like it, they're going to have a harder time selling it. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> if you're you know in your business 100, mm-hmm. percent that's not as big of a uh, a drawback. You can kind of like make changes and pivot immediately. Once you start growing, hmm. you have other considerations to make. We were talking about that a little bit before yeah. the podcast. Uh, but Draft hmm. Latte is one of those things that probably took us a year and a half from like idea to implementation. Hmm. And so I don't know if Syracuse is ready for it. I just know it's, it's a win on my baristas at a high-volume cafe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a win for the customers. They get their drink faster. Uh, we were able to get a cold brew hmm. concentrate that equals a espresso shot. Hmm. So you're not, we're not just putting cold, regular cold brew, uh, and diluting it more with, with milk. We have like a super concentrated cold brew that acts as espresso. So we're able to do it right as well. Um, Hmm. because we tried it with just regular diluted cold brew, you know, regular strength cold brew, I should say. And it just Hmm. tasted watered down and we didn't feel comfortable Hmm. selling it, but we're able to figure it out. Hmm. And so we may be a couple years ahead uh, or it could be a fad and it's it's not a permanent fixture. But mm. given the way that cold beverages look like they're going, yeah. um, I feel like it's at the very least a trend. It's not going to be a fad that dies in a year. Yeah. Kind of like hard seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's growing, man. That's a, yeah. yeah. Tim just texted me the other, yesterday and said, What's your favorite hard seltzer flavor? I was like, you're either high or this is a trap. I don't know. I don't know what you're either going to make fun of me in the next thing or, um, and they said he was going to make it for me. And that's when I asked if he was high and he said, yes. Uh, which by the way, everybody who's listening at home, buried acorn. That's our drinking game. Every time I mention buried acorn, you have to take a drink. So there it is. Um, what was I going to say? Shoot. What was I just going to say? I forget. Well, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, what's your, what's your, oh, I know what I was going to say. It's surprising you said that about Starbucks and 60% with cold beverages. Cause I was thinking of like Tony Robbins has this story I've heard on a few podcasts or interviews he's done where they did this study. They had two people kind of set up like down the street from each other in New York City, let's say. One was holding a hot cup of coffee, one was holding an iced coffee. And what they would do is, as a person was walking by, they would say, can you hold this for me real quick? I need to tie my shoe. They would hand them their coffee, and then they would tie their shoe. They'd get up and take it. And then maybe a block or however much further down the, down the line, someone would be there to ask them, a, give, the, give a response to a question. And so they would, they would you know, tell them a story and be like, do you feel positive or negative? Like, you know, like what's your feeling sense after I read this sentence to you? And 
it was like 80% of the people who held an iced coffee had a negative response. And the people who, the majority of people who held the hot coffee had a positive response to it. And I've always thought that about coffee, you know, and, mm. uh, and just kind of like the marketing towards it, you know, it's like, okay, so we need to push hot drinks uh, primarily, you know, people are going to have more of a comfort, comforting feeling about our product if we constantly talk about hot drinks. Um, so that's wild to hear that Starbucks sells 60% or cold beverages. Yeah. And you just might be old with me because there's nothing like a hot <laughs> cup of coffee in your hands in the morning, even if it's 80 degrees. Right. I will drink cold brew the rest of the day, but I, I need my yeah. hot cup of coffee in my hands. Yeah. I do think we're running into another you know generational shift where mm. um, maybe some of the younger folks have been introduced to coffee through cold brew yeah. you know, with milk and mm. sugar and creamer and all that stuff and get that acquired taste and then suddenly you need it. Otherwise you get foggy and yeah. you know the, the caffeine addiction is a real thing. So hmm. um, thanks for keeping us in business, <laughs> uh, nature. Um, yeah. And so I, th- I think we're running into that too. Like there's a, another new demographic that yeah. um, is drinking coffee, which is great. Yeah. And I think the I think the numbers are are skewing lower and lower of when folks are drink, starting coffee. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm no health expert, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it is happening for sure. So, uh, so you know, what's some advice that you would give to a business owner who's listening? You know, maybe there could be anybody, but let's say it's somebody who's like kind of, you know, just sort of getting started. You know, what's like what's a piece of like what's something that really helped you two out when you were getting things going? Yeah, I think it's a two-tone, don't be, don't be discouraged by the haters mm. um, or the folks that can't see what you see. Mm. Um, mm. Push through that, uh, but also don't ignore, uh, don't ignore advice. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. that is, a, to me, that was the toughest thing is to be able to sort out um, people who don't, be, don't believe in you or see what you see mm. versus the people who are uh, offering caution or, uh, or, or direction. Yeah. And so being able to, to separate and discern those two things were very important for me. Hmm. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate this, Anthony. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, if you're going to buy coffee, go to Salt City Coffee. Thanks. Well, there it is, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I had enjoyed uh, sitting down with Aaron and talking and and learning about the business and the history and how they grew. And yeah, great time with Aaron. Make sure you check them out. They've got one, two, three, four locations around Central New York, Um, you know, from, you know, uh, Syracuse, Salt City Market, uh, the university and out in Fayetteville. Um, yeah, you can find them online, Salt City Coffee, Salt City Bar. Great local business. And get out there and support them. And uh, that's it. Make sure you visit us online at eatlocalnewyork.com where you can find all these podcasts posted on a weekly basis. And you also find the video version over on our YouTube channel at Eat Local New York. And uh, check it out there. All right, thank you so much. We're going to catch you back here for another week, another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.